ask me to talk. Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas from the ridiculous to the sublime on Don't Ask Me to Talk. Now, here's your host, Stacy Heller. Hello. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am, actually, I believe last week we dubbed it, um, Eric dubbed it, uh, DAMT. It's the acronym. And yes, it didn't take me as long to figure out the word acronym this week. So that's exciting. Uh, anyway, I am joined today by my son, Will, a.k.a. Pookie Heller. That's me, Pookie, Will Billy, Squilliam, a little bit of everything. Yep, yep. A lot of, a lot of nicknames. Yep. Um, before we get too far, I want to make sure that I give a special thanks to today's show sponsor and my friend, Brenda Morris of Brenda Morris Real Estate. Shout out to her. Um now, I also want to thank everyone that listened last week. Um, I may have plugged myself shamelessly on every forum that I'm on, so it could have been that. But I actually heard from so many people, which was so cool. Um, and it proves my point that I made last week. Well, I know you listened to part of the show last week. As much as I could, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but it proves the point that I made last week in my Staceyism that you may not be friends with everyone, but you need to be friendly. Because the amount of people that showed support and listened and commented and now want to be a guest, oh my gosh, it's amazing. So um, anyway, speaking of last week, I do want to circle back on a couple of points. The first of which is, um, no, Kelton, a sub is not a sandwich. A sub is a submarine sandwich. Notice the prefix submarine. Still don't think I fully agree with that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there could be different types of sandwiches, but it all falls under the umbrella of meat or something in between bread, personally. Mm, Yeah, no. I don't know. I couldn't hear the full debate, so a bit of an outsider on this one. Yeah, there was everything from like a taco or a quesadilla or a hot dog, because then a hot dog between... I mean, that one's iffy. It could be a sandwich, in my opinion. Definitely not a taco or a quesadilla, but I don't know. Hot dog but, could swing as a sandwich. But like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich doesn't have meat between two pieces of bread. Well, meat or something in between it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Um, the other thing that I wanted to follow up on after last week's show is, Eric, I asked my mother about uh, what movie she had rented that made her need to get parental controls. Mm-hmm. She doesn't remember. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not so exciting. But, you know, she's 80. Shout out, Mom. Um, so she doesn't remember much. <laughs> or she doesn't want to admit what it was. I, You know what? <laughs> you might be right. Uh, yeah. Um, but either way, um, hi, Mom. I know she's listening with her friend Lee. So, um, you know, uh, this week the exciting thing with Mom is that she found a snake in her kitchen. Oh. Yeah. Bet it's been there for weeks. Doubt <laughs> she's been in that kitchen in a while. I mean... <laughs> It, well, <laughs> that's a movie right there. That's a movie Snakes right there. In the Snakes in the kitchen. I love go. it. I feel like that could be part of another thing. Um, you're right, Will. She's not in the kitchen much. She mostly mixes her cocktails, I think, in the den where the bar is. He's but been living rent free. <laughs> <laughs> He's been living rent free. Nice. Okay. Um, the other thing, as I said, there was a lot of interest about being a guest on the show, which I would love. I heard from um, Raquel, who I went to high school with, and um, she has an amazing story. I have um, 
kept in touch with her via Facebook, and um, she is just as fierce as she was in high school, and um, lots of other people I've heard from. So if you're interested, you can reach me through my website, stacyconnects.com, or you can shoot me an email at stacy at stacyconnects.com. Um, the other exciting thing is now, if you don't get to listen to the show live, you can subscribe. I'm on Podcast One, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, so that's exciting. I'm going worldwide. I'm like pit mom. All right. <laughs> Maybe. That feels generous. <laughs> but yeah, you're everywhere. <laughs> wow. Feels generous. Okay. Um, okay. Another follow-up to last week. Percy. So when last we spoke, Percy had PU surgery. And I know that a few of you looked it up. And basically, he went from having an Audi to, and I don't mean the car, to having an Innie. And I don't mean the belly button either. So... The update on Percy is he came home and was doing well, super lovey, um, seemed to be happy to see us, definitely hopped up on drugs, the whole thing. Um, but then he started to take a turn for the worse and he started, um, he was bleeding. Now, this is not a funny story, except that it gave me a moment of awareness. So remember the Percy and getting blood because he was bleeding, right? So it was like on the floor and in the laundry room and on the carpet and everywhere. So remember that thought. And I'm going to take you back to when I was like, I don't know how old I was, um, probably in fourth or fifth grade. And we had a rope swing at our house. Yes, mom, I know you're rolling your eyes right now, but this is my story. This is my thing. And I was on the rope swing and I went out, and the rope swing would go from the tree over the sidewalk, and it was a pretty uh, steep incline. And bam, I let go, splat right on the sidewalk on my chin. Sounds terrible, terrifying. It was, it was awful. Yeah. So in my mind's eye, I was unconscious for like 24 hours and then finally came to and managed to army crawl up to the house. Now, that may not be how it went, but it's my story. No one could correct you on that, so we'll have that be the, the official canon. Exactly. So I, I went into the house where my dad was sitting in what we called the gallery or the breezeway, and it must have been a weekend, and it must have been late afternoon, and he was sitting there doing whatever dad does, whatever dads do, and... I walk in and I'm bleeding from my mouth and my chin and everywhere. And my dad, who is now deceased, um, said, insert expletive here, you're getting blood on the oriental rug. Yeah. So I have a problem with that, but maybe not what you think. For school, you suggested we get an oriental rug because it hides everything. Right. So isn't that the whole point of the rug? Yeah. Is that it'll cover it all up? So yes. my issue is less about him like saying that. It's more about like... He seems to be not understanding the whole point of having that kind of rug in the first place. It's like purpose built to get blood on it, basically. Right. So, A, you're absolutely correct. I have come to learn that perhaps his response was a little bit out of parental fear and like that was just his knee jerk response. But at the time, um, I was like, what? And went into the kitchen, and of course, I'm bleeding everywhere. And again, this is my story, so I get to tell it. It's like all my teeth were like in shards and bits and coming out of my mouth. And and then mom came downstairs ready to go out and hang out with friends. And dad said, you have to call the whoever it was. We can't go out tonight. And she was very disappointed, and instead we went to the hospital. 
So this brings me back to Percy. So I feel like dad is wherever he is, and he's laughing at the fact that a couple days after Percy got home, I'm yelling at Percy saying, insert expletive here, you're getting blood on the carpet. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like come around full circle now. Yeah, it really has. I'm like, I've totally become my parents. Yeah. Now, the difference is that, like, growing up, we had all of these, like, oriental carpets, and um, we have, because we're in the Pacific Northwest, more carpet. So it's a lovely cream carpet. With now spots of red. Yes. So very abstract. So anyway, I just, that made me laugh. I totally think that dad is somewhere, like, chuckling. He has to be. Right? Right. It's just like a perfect closure. Too much coincidence. (laughs) Too much coincidence. And I also, I've learned so much about the fact that, again, it's just this knee-jerk response of like, what you really want to say is like, well, you poor thing, like you're in pain. I can't believe it. Yeah, whatever. Maybe not as much with the cat, but, um, and you just out pops, whatever pops out of your mouth. I mean, it's anger at first because it's like kind of the closest thing. And then when you kind of like get your bearings, you're like, oh, wait. Right, you're actually like hurt. Or, oh, you're actually hurt or whatever it is. It's like laughing when someone falls. And then like right after you finish laughing, you're like, oh, wait, are you actually, are you good? Like, <laughs> that was hilarious. But like, are you, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we're all able to tell now what kind of a parent I am. Um, and what kind of parent I will be. <laughs> For better a- or worse. <laughs> amen. Um, so anyway, so now the, the deal with Percy is that he ended up, um, he just was not looking good. So brought him back to... The vet, and he has been at the vet ever since um, Friday. And they apparently he's an enigma because his personality, he's super lovey and he just wants to be pet and be friends with everybody. But um, his blood cell counts are low and his gums are pale and he's running fevers and this kind of thing. So he's where he needs to be. Yep. So everybody send some good energy Percy's way and, uh, you know, whatever's meant to be is meant to be. Um, but if something does happen to Percy, he and dad will have a very good time together. And Percy will probably scooch his butt and get blood on the Oriental rug. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the other thing that's happened is, um, hey, how about that COVID shutdown thing? Yeah, not a whole lot of fun happening there. Um Things seem to have been looking up. You know, there were chances of going back to school and having it be hybrid and maybe senior year could have happened. But that just seems to be shut down again. Although I'm not necessarily like disappointed. I've come to just sort of accept it because it's like I can't control it. Um, but yeah, I mean, making it about me. But oh, my gosh, it, right? you're my son. I know, but like, you know, I could only sort of contextualize it from what I'm experiencing. And it's definitely frustrating because it's like as soon as you feel like things are sort of looking up and mm-hmm. change is happening. Um it just shuts down again. Well, and you and I talked about this earlier that um, I don't really understand why anyone's surprised. I know mm-hmm. that there's a group of people out there that felt that maybe with the the election that things would change. Although right. I have to say that seems like an amazingly well-coordinated effort if COVID was like a big hoax meant to rig I mean, an election. the vaccines being like announced weeks after definitely adding fuel to that conspiracy fire. But yeah, I totally agree. Like, he literally can't take, like, Biden can't go into control until January. Like, nothing was actually going to happen, regardless of the outcome. Right. So, um, but that said, I'm not sure why um, 
how anyone can be surprised that this is where we are mm-hmm. um, because this is what everyone is predicting. Yeah. That if we don't take it seriously over from March through now, by the way, the numbers are going to go up and it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. And now you can add the cherry on top of add getting the flu, which is always deadly every year for people. And so now you get a one-two punch. Yeah, it's so, not good. It's not good at all. Although it feels like a lot of these like restrictions are just sort of a punishment. It's like we lost our privileges to like do the stuff that we enjoyed, basically. And so it's like, yeah, it's safe, but it, I also have to like imagine it's sort of like, a, well, hey, you're not going to wear your mask, but you can't do what you wanted to do. Well, this brings me to um, one of the Staceyisms that I used to share with you guys, which I seem to be sharing Staceyisms with people that are listening to the show. So this one I basically... Um, blatantly stole from the Rolling Stones. Um, And it was, you can't always get what you want, but if you try, sometimes you may find you get what you need. And I used to, when you guys would get upset about something or whatever, um, because I am such a sympathetic mother, I would say or sing that to you. I don't even think you guys knew that it was the Rolling Stones at the time. Like, honestly, it wasn't until you said that and I kind of like, put it into the whole song that I actually like figured out what it was. Cause I just remember that snippet of like you and dad always singing it. But oh. like, yeah, I never like, it wasn't until recently that I was like, Oh, that's actually from a real thing. Like that's a real song. Yeah, yeah. totally. And who knew that um, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger would be parenting, a parenting aid. Yeah. Very but, formative. But Frustrating for me. I mean, whatever I was complaining about, I always felt like it was the end of the world. And then you just come in singing and I'm like, this doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, in hindsight, it taught me to be like, hey, maybe it isn't that big of a deal. So, like, I guess it worked, but well, I mean, the song is still the bane of my existence a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, there's a lot that's going to be the bane of your existence. I'm telling you, we have offered, and when I say we, I mean I have offered the kids, will either pay for college or therapy. And my recommendation is that they go to college so that they can get a job that will essentially afford them to go to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. I'm yeah. on the right track, so. You are, I know. <laughs> Checking I, off one so far. Right, I know. We're going to talk about that. Um, so, The point being, folks, like, you're not getting what you want right now, but if you try, if you just try, you might find you get what you need. A.K.A. wear a mask. A.K.A. wear a mask. And, you know, I really watch your Thanksgiving plans. Like, we're going to, I think, do a Zoom with um, people that normally come to our soups and sours. We normally do an open house on Thanksgiving, and we serve um, Pete's infamous now actually his famous soup and his infamous oh, yeah. uh, whiskey sours yeah um that'll be fun then doing the zoom i mean it, what's good is like because all of our family's been across the country we've been doing zoom or skype for years so right. i think right. it's perfect for us and to we're going to share the recipe so then people can drink them at home you could do like a cook along oh that's fun I bet it takes hours but well it doesn't take hours to make the whiskey sours i guess so um anyway so um and by the way, the whole, this particular Staceyism, you kind of mentioned it, Will. This brings up the whole um, dad and I singing all the time. Like whenever there's any kind of a reference to anything, if a song lyric or something comes through our head, we will totally start singing. Oh, yeah. All the time. Like everything from like show tunes to rock to like old school hip hop to even like newer stuff, like like just everything. And it... it the worst part or almost like most impressive part really is that it always relates to what we're saying. Like it's not just like you're saying it to say it. It's like we'll say a sentence or we'll say a phrase and you'll like always have something that perfectly mimics or is about whatever it is. So it's, you know, 
on one hand, I'm like, oh my gosh, here they go again. On the other hand, I'm just <laughs> genuinely impressed that you have this whole library of like one phrase lyrics in your right? head. It's like not always even the chorus. Like you're getting some like niche like one-liners from the second verse and you're like, hey, this is perfect. I know. Even when you were little and we used to do the going to bed book with you, yep. at the end we would do this whole thing like ABC, BBD, underwear. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was like Bringing a whole back like boys to men. I know. It's like, again, it's like one of those things. And like as I got older and I would actually hear the full song, I'm like, why is this so familiar? I'm like, oh, yeah, like a decade straight that put me to bed. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the thing that I I love again in another full circle moment is the fact that now Annie as a teacher, she does this to her students. And I'm like, I'm like dad right now. I'm chuckling because she can't help herself. And yeah. a kid will say something or a conversation comes up and bam, she starts like saying a line of something or singing it. Oh, yeah. that I mean, that even happens to me. Like when I've been like gaming with my friends, which is obviously all the time, um, we'll be in a party. And if someone says something, we'll all just sort of like break out into like whatever part of the song it is. I mean, mm-hmm. in that case, I'd like to think it's just because we all listen to it in the house or whatever. But if I'm really being honest with myself, it's definitely from you and dad. <laughs> Yeah. Love that. Okay, well, when we we're gonna take a short break here, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk to you. I'm gonna interview you. Oh, fun! I know, right? Yeah. So we're gonna take a short break, and we will be back in a moment. Ask me to talk. The pandemic has proven that your home is more than just the roof over your head. It's where you and your family spend most of your time. If your current home no longer fits your family or lifestyle, contact Brenda Morris, real estate advocate and agent of change. She believes you should love where you live. And with Brenda Morris Real Estate, your needs always come first. Brenda has a proven system and resources to help you. Personal service, professional standards, and exceptional experience. Call Brenda at 425-466-2595 or visit her website, sellbybrenda.com. That's sell, B-U-Y, Brenda.com. Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects likes doing two things talking and connecting people with their potential. If you'd like to talk about your potential with Stacy, contact her at Stacy at StacyConnects.com. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150. I am back with Will Pookie Heller, and um, I am choosing to call this segment of the show, How the Heller Are You? I like that. That's good. Well, I mean, you have to like it. I drove you here, and... Yep. <laughs> so... Paid you ha- my lunch. <laughs> I did pay Whole for nine yards. <laughs> yeah. College, life. College, I life, brought you lunch. into this world. You really did. You could take me out, not doubting that. <laughs> but I wouldn't. So I'm going to introduce... I'm going to give you background on Will. So Will is my oldest son, the second of my four children. So remember, for those of you paying attention at home, it goes Annie, Will, Grace, and Charlie. And um, Will and Grace are not named after the show. Allegedly. I want you to know. They're not. Okay. <laughs> timeline isn't supporting you. Like, I know Cultural the timeline. significance isn't supporting you. I like. know but it's not. All right. Because I honestly, I would have gone with Jack and Karen. 
Interesting. I don't know if that's like a solid defense, but <laughs> all right. I mean, of all the people that you're like, okay, we'll, we'll discuss this later. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sure um, so Will. Will is my, is the kid that I'm going to live with when I get old. Like I've been telling, yeah, I know. He is like, there's the poor, poor Will. And now, of course, there's poor Eric, you know, because he's the, he's my producer and like, he's got to put up with me. And the next gen of poor is poor Will, because I have this plan that like, he's going to be married and I'm going to wheel up in my wheelchair to Mm -hmm. his bed and be like, I'm hungry. And then he's going to be like, all right there, mom. And of course, your poor wife. Is, yep. is going to say, like, oh, she's not dead yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm going to get, like, a thing on my wheelchair so that when I back up, it goes, boop, yeah. boop, you, boop. <laughs> You've described this enough times that I have, like, vividly, like, stained in my head. Like, I know exactly what that's going to look like, and it's it's terrifying, but I guess it's good that I know what I'm getting myself into. Well, like, it won't question, be a surprise, at least, I guess. <laughs> you keep asking, like, where's dad in this yeah, scenario? Yeah, that is the big question. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's seven years older, so I don't know. Still, still. Maybe is... he's with Annie. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm <laughs> not convinced. Anyway, this is this is not about me. <laughs> this is about you right now. So anyway, Will is like the kid that was always super sensitive when he was little. He had this like gorgeous red curly hair and these long long eyelashes and he wore his um his puka beads that we got i think from like kiowa when Great we went was such it a good... <laughs> <laughs> um and he rode his little trucks and i've never seen legs move with like the way that he moved his legs they moved as a, like it. a unit yeah. like both at the same biggest time. bummer of my childhood was learning how to ride a bike. Could no longer <laughs> swipe my legs like that. <laughs> I know it was fascinating. I'm like, wow, kids are malleable. Um, and then we moved here, and um, you started school and you grew up and whatever. And then high school. So one of the things that I particularly love about how you did high school is, you know, you went to high school, whatever. Um, but you always marched to the beat of your own drum. Yeah. Totally. I quickly learned that it wasn't my place or it didn't have my interests. And so I learned it actually like when I was a lot younger, like when I was like bullied in like elementary school or something. Random. You were bullied in elementary school? Yes. Well, really? This is actually tying back to you. So you should know this unless you forgot your own Staceyism. <laughs> but you were basically like you, you. I forgot what the poem was, but you're talking about like being a nobody. Oh, I'm nobody. Who are you? Are you a nobody too? That's the one. You use that to basically say like, hey, like, because I think I was called nobody, whatever it was, you basically had said that. And it was this whole idea that really resonated me with, with me where it's like, it doesn't really matter if I'm trying to be someone else. Like, it's kind of like the whole grand scheme of things in high school. And just basically it was a way of like rationalizing or putting stuff in perspective. No, like that's... That went a, yeah. And so that went a really long wow. way, especially in high school where, you know, I wasn't always a big fan of everything that was going on or I was at a different point or I valued mm-hmm. different things. And so rather than getting like hung up on the, oh, it's means I'm not going to be popular or be invited here or there. It's kind of like this is my choices. And as long as I have control and I'm content, maybe I'm not the most happy or it's not the best situation. But if I'm content with the decision, then that was more than enough for me to keep going. I love that. By the way, for anybody that's listening, the poem is by Emily Dickinson and it's called I'm Nobody. Um, who are you? And the the idea behind it is that um, 
that there's a frog that lives in a bog and it says its name all day long. And that that must be exhausting to constantly have to let people know who you are and be noticed. Mm -hmm. And instead, celebrating being a nobody where you get to go about your business and do what you want. So that's the general gist. Oh, I'm glad that that resonated. Um, Well, and what you did is you you found that you had an interest in the stock market. Mm -hmm. I used to know how your um, the day went based on like if your stocks were up, you had a good day. If your stocks were down, you had a bad day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Still haven't really learned from that lesson. Still, like, the one thing that you learn, no matter what you do when you're, like, learning the stock market, is, like, don't get emotional. Don't let that fuel your decision. And you would think after starting in high school, playing around with it, learning, like, hey, calm down about it, I would change. But it's still sort of like that. Maybe not as much, but, oh, yeah. Back then especially, it's, like, I was literally very much invested in, like, what I had chosen to put my money into. Mm -hmm. And so, A, it's, like, when you're 16 and strapped for cash, you're, like, oh, what am I doing? And the other part of it is, like, I had done this whole logic where I'm like, this company is going to do well and that and that. So it's like I felt like I was like t- tied to it and its success. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of like my child, that like small investment. So, yeah. oh, yeah, totally. Like every single day in and day out, I'd be like, it's up five cents. It was down five cents. Uh-huh. I remember. Yeah. Well, and when you were 13 or 14, you had started to ask, could you play the stock market? And we're like, well, you can't really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, one year for Christmas, we were like, what are we going to get this kid? So we gave you, um, dad set up an account. Um, he, we gave you a book on, you know, basically like the stock market for dummies. Yep. And we gave you the advice, um, invest in what you know mm-hmm. and what you love. Invest and, in the video game company. <laughs> yep. And so that's what you did. Yeah, and, um, which then, you know, and then the other thing that you did is you worked a ton, which mm-hmm. always gave you an out with your friends. Like if you didn't want to go out and do something, it was like, oh, sorry, I got to work. Yeah. Um, but then what's interesting is then you transition to college. Mm-hmm. You are a senior where? Santa Clara University. And what is your major? I'm a finance major and an art history minor. I love this. So just for those of you um, listening, uh, when I was at Skidmore for my two illustrious years, my plan was to be an art history major. And Pete in college uh, was a finance major at Fairfield. So you are like the total both of us. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I totally stumbled into art history. I mean, finance, obviously, from high school, I knew. But with art history, basically, it was like, I knew I liked history in high school. And then pre-enrolled in these two random classes on like Chinese art history. And then that basically sparked a passion that I was like, I have the time, I have the ability. Why not pursue it formally? So yeah, that was kind of the wild card. But um, it kind of just played into my whole mentality of trying to take a risk and like mm-hmm. taking advantage of what was in front of me. Well, and I think it uh, it demonstrates the fact that, you know, there's there's a well-rounded view there. So it's not all about, you know, the finance piece, which given your interest in working and you're also a bit of a gearhead, you love cars mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the stock market and all of that, the fact that there's this other side where it's so much more abstract and you're open to that. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think I... Is, I mean, I use this in interviews all the time, but I actually genuinely think it's true. I just am someone that loves to learn. And again, the way I've been viewing college is instead of being like, oh, I have to go through this stupid like undergraduate requirement for religion or whatever, I just kind of keep thinking about the fact that I'm like, this is an opportunity to learn from someone who is a genuine expert in their field. And so to take advantage of that is incredible. And I think what's especially exciting about that, you know, the art history department in particular, is just that it's small enough where they have a lot of support and there's a ton of opportunities for that one-on-one 
um, experiences that I honestly have missed in the finance department because of how massive it is. So mm-hmm. I think they make it they make it easy to kind of make yourself well-rounded because it's A, a part of the school's mission, and then B, there's just a lot of support and passion that you feel as a student from these more maybe niche departments. Well, and, you know, you bring up the fact that there's unique opportunities in that smaller environment. So you had an opportunity to uh, work on acquiring pieces of art, correct? I did, yeah. So it was literally an art acquisition class where we had a grant for some amount of money. I forgot now. But basically each student could choose from, I think, a selected group of pieces and they would write a whole essay basically just, you know, analyzing it, comparing it to some sort of historical precedence or just looking at it in its own right and then basically explaining why it should be acquired by the school and the museum and then be added to the permanent collection. And so I had done one on the um, the Michigan water crisis that had occurred and that was the art piece that I had analyzed and basically I was able to convince my peers to buy it and so it was hung in the collection for I think a couple of quarters maybe a year and then I think it's in the permanent you know collection now down in the basement of the museum but yeah it was put on display and bought by the school so that was a super cool opportunity it also allowed me to like look at art in a different way. Mm-hmm. I think it you know you are like the perfect example of, you know, your kids, if you have younger kids, then, and you're like, what are they going to be when they grow up? It's like, it shows that the things that your kids are gravitating to are going to be indicative of, if you give them the space to do it, what they're going to grow up to do. Mm -hmm. And then when you're, you've got older kids, like we do, um, you look at the things that your kids are drawn to and you're like, oh, this makes so much sense. Totally. Yeah. I think it's, it's like it's easier to pursue when you're interested in it. Like I think what's good about myself and what you guys did is you never forced us into a particular path. So like everything has been my choice in like higher ed and that kind of stuff. And so I think what that meant, it meant is that I could explore these different topics and, you know, found stuff that aligned with my interest, which then made it easy to kind of dive deeper or see it as a real option to move forward. Like having everything on the table means that you take everything a little bit more seriously too. You mm-hmm. don't just say like, oh, I can't do this because no, I'm going to be a doctor or like, I know I'm going to have to be a lawyer. Right. So I think having that, um, those opportunities just allows you to take everything seriously. Well, in your transition from high school to college and how you approached it, it was like a 180 because mm-hmm. in high school, you, you know, didn't get super involved. You weren't a joiner. And then all of a sudden you went to Santa Clara and you're like, send my mitt. I'm on a softball team. And we were like, say what again? Yeah. No. Yeah. That basically, that was very deliberate. I mean, it helps when you're obviously in a space where you, you know, you love the school you're going to, you think the community is great and you feel like you have the room to do that. Um, but the other part of it is I went into college knowing like, hey, you didn't do all this stuff for circumstances or otherwise. So take this as an opportunity to take that leap of faith or to take that risk. Like, you know, nobody, you have no reputation. It's sort of a way of starting fresh and kind of redoing or do having a do over mm-hmm. on what I wanted to be and do. And so we're just starting. Yeah, or just starting. Exactly. And so it was a it was like an easy transition. It was challenging mentally, but it was an easy transition in actuality because it was literally as simple as go to this info session here. My, you know, my floor friends on my floor in my dorm say, hey, do you want to join an intramural softball league? Say yes. Doesn't matter. So, right. yeah, it was, you know, it was it felt like a big mental hurdle. But in reality, is just as simple as saying yes and going to a free event here and there. Right. Well, and there's free food, right? Oh, um, which then led you to your consulting club and mm-hmm. um, then ultimately your business fraternity. Yeah. Um, so here we are. We're in 
COVID land. It's your mm-hmm. senior year. Um, and there are so many people, whether they're a senior in high school, um, you know, the seniors that were last year and kind of got robbed of their senior year festivities and all of those things. And now um, you and even your brother, Charlie, yep. um, senior in high school, you senior in college, likely not going to have anything even remotely close to a senior year. Mm-hmm. So that's really hard. You're also finally 21. Yes. Yeah. Got to take advantage of that for like a month or two. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like that was a real bummer. Wait, what do you mean? You came home in March and your birthday's in May. Yeah. But I mean, with stuff being open. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. I was like, you didn't drink illegally, did you? Well, obviously not. I'm saying I couldn't drink legally for that much time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Um, so what is pretty cool and what we're super proud of is the fact that you then really wanted to have an internship. Mm-hmm. A lot of times in uh, a lot of fields of study, the summer between junior and senior year of college, you try to get an internship. And um, if it goes well and you like the company, then the idea is that maybe you'll be offered a position. Lots of companies have them. Yep. Um, and you went hard looking for an internship. I did. Yeah. Basically, my like when I went into college, a lot of the clubs that I was in that were professionally focused kind of set this precedent that like everyone has an internship all the time. And so sophomore year, naively, I was kind of applying to everything and heard nothing back. In hindsight, it's because I had nothing on my resume and was underqualified. But what that meant was that experience left a bad taste in my mouth. So then by the time, you know, fall or summer of junior year came, I applied to like 20 plus places and was networking. I was doing info sessions and well, what does networking look place. like? Yes. Like- it's, if you're a college student. So it's a little bit of, it's a few different things. I mean, first of all, it is just sort of your typical LinkedIn, finding people that you know or who have roles that you're interested in and connecting with them. But then what a lot of companies do is they come on campus, when we are allowed to do that, obviously, and they hold info sessions on their programs. Got so it. especially with companies that have alumni connections, they'll bring people on. So I think ServiceNow had, um, you know, finance recruiters come on campus. And then you go there, talk to the recruiter, you learn about the program, and you kind of start that rapport. So that's, I think, the bulk of the recruiting that I was trying to focus on is the career fairs, the making the connections, Mm -hmm. and, like, um, having Finding the pump so that when you apply, Exactly. So when you submit an application, it's like, oh, Will, I remember him, he was this, this, and this. Yep. Yeah, so that's the big thing. So then you secured your your internship for this past summer, which was huge because, obviously, COVID- was in full effect. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of kids that had internships and they weren't able to do them because of no in-person work. Yeah. However, ServiceNow. Yeah. It was sort of, it was perfect. Like, at, you know, I accepted the offer in November, so I could never have guessed. But like in hindsight, I had made like the best decision because they're literally a software company that helps digitize your workflows from like, you know, old manual things. So basically the entire like thesis of the company or mission is what, like all these different companies needed as they tried to transform digitally as a result of COVID. So mm-hmm. yeah, they kept it going, kept it online, like everything from pay to even they gave some housing stipend. Like they were like super good about making sure that like everyone was squared away and still had the job that they were promised, which was pretty incredible. It was incredible. And, um, you know, that housing stipend I still haven't seen because mm-hmm. you were living at my house. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to be living at mine, so I feel like oh, all even out in the end. <laughs> look at that. Um, and then at the end of the internship. Yeah, I got an offer to join the 
finance rotational program. Yes, that means that two out of four of our kids will be launched, tax-paying citizens working, doing something that they love and are passionate about. Yeah, yeah. That's that. That's the big thing is making sure it's something that I was interested and passionate about, and that's why I was super excited that everything went so well because, you know, my goal was obviously to always leave with a job, but makes it easy when you love the place where you're going to be working. Well, and I am, there's a lot of things that dad and I have done. Um, he, he has an expression where he'll say, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that often happens with our parenting of you kids that, you know, we're, we're okay parents. I mean, like, yeah. whatever, we do our best. Yep. Um, but sometimes we get lucky in the choices that we um, either consciously make or more often, like, we have no idea what we're doing. We're just making it up right. as we go along. And just letting you kids have the freedom to be autonomous in what you want to do and what you want to study and not project onto you um, that this is, like, our do-over. Totally. Um, it's it's so gratifying to see you, like, then enter into your space happy. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's, yeah, I mean, it goes back to the whole like mentality shift. It's just the idea of it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And just taking everything in stride is sort of what I've been sort of aiming for. And Mm -hmm. so far it hasn't failed me. So I'm going to kind of keep doing that and just, you know, making decisions with my gut and not always, even if it isn't the most logical one um, at times. Well, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time, right? Utilizing your intuition that, you know, it can say one thing on paper. It's what led you to go with ServiceNow as your internship. And mm-hmm. as you look back on what the other option was, would yeah. you have had the same opportunity if you had gone with the other one? No, I think other ones were canceled. And what's, what's interesting is some of the other ones I had were more stable or were more in line with what I thought I wanted. And so it's sort of like by all measures on a piece of paper, ServiceNow was my third or fourth best option. But again, there probably intuition. There's something about it that excited me. And whether it was the people and they're great at selling it or, again, it was that kind of intangible thing, um, it made drew me to it. So, and it all has worked out really well. I love that. I love the fact that you have been inspired to follow your own gut and intuition. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's not just for grownups, people. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to take a quick break and... I'm going to tell the folks all about Brenda Morris of Brenda Morris Real Estate. So Brenda gave me an update. So given the fact that we are currently in a revised um, kind of phase, whatever it is, um, and with all the new COVID restrictions. um, So the cool thing is real estate is considered an essential service because essentially everybody is tired of being at home and wants to get a different home. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe get out of their home or something. So um, there aren't any open houses or anything like that. However, she can still do house showings. So you can bring um, no more than five people, and that includes Brenda. Um, And you can go into the house with just the five people, wearing masks, social distancing, all of that. And you can check out spaces. So if you are looking to move because you've just you need more space and you're realizing that it's not working for this new life that we're leading, or maybe, you know, you've got to move for work or whatever your situation is. Know that you don't have to put this on hold. Brenda can help you. She can help you now. Um, You can get your house ready. There's all kinds of virtual tours and all kinds of things that um, the real estate market has done in general to pivot and deal with COVID. And, um, and 
Brenda has been masterful about that. If you are interested in getting in touch with Brenda, you can call her at 425-466-2595, or you can go to her website, which is sellbybrenda.com, and note that the by is spelled B-U-Y. Again, get it? Sell by Brenda. Very, very clever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. Much love to Brenda. Um, next, we're going to do something fun. All right. Yeah. We're going to do something that I'm calling um, curveballs. I talked a little bit about it last week. It's this idea that I kind of learned about, um, and I mentioned this last week too, from Soul Pancake. And... Of course, we can't be sitting in a ball pit right now. A, that doesn't seem sanitary. B, I think Eric would be a little annoyed if we trudged in here with, like, bags and bags of balls. Right? Yes? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It might be entertaining. I mean, yes, it might be entertaining. Um, The whole room. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Um, But the premise behind it was that two strangers, essentially, would get into this ball pit, and on the balls there would be... Um, a question written in Sharpie. And they weren't like, what's your name? They were like life questions, like deep (laughs) questions, so that these strangers were talking about random things. And again, you know, Stacey connects. Stacey loves connection. I love the fact that these virtual strangers would get together and have an opportunity to find something in common or not. I mean, of course, they only air the parts that they want you to see. So for all I know, there was like, major fights in the ball pit, but I have a fantasy. I probably would have got them more views, so I doubt it got that extreme. Actually, that's true. Right. Because we're in that, like, looky-loo culture. I mean, come on. Yeah. Imagine the, the thumbnail and the clickbait that you can get from that. It's true. Uh, but that's when the internet was, like, a kinder, gentler time. Fair enough. And, like, people just liked looking at, like, dog and cat videos. <laughs> this morning I watched a an old SNL skit. It had... Um, it was featuring Jimmy Fallon, I think, when he was a guest. It had Pete Davidson, and it was like this thing where they're pretending that they're filming a movie mm-hmm. on a basketball court, and it was um, Keenan Thompson interviewing Pete Davidson or, like, pretending to be his coach, and he's the player, and in the background, the two other people are supposed to be, like, you know, background um, playing basketball, and it was hysterical because they were, like, awful, but this, <laughs> the dumb thing is it was, like, actually more realistic Instead of it just being like, oh, yeah, we're just, like, casually tossing the rock around and, like, right. making shots and everything. They're, like, playing horse and they're, like, like knocking each other out and all this oh, stuff. That's hilarious. It was very funny. funny. Like, I haven't had an out loud laugh in a really long time. And mm-hmm. that made me laugh out loud. That's cool. So okay. it's good having those moments. See, there we just had a curveball. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Wow. So I did front load with a question. Okay. Because this just seemed too perfect. So the question, so what I did is I found this book. It's the book of questions and figured I would just open it up to anywhere. But then some of the questions were like really depressing. Oh, yeah. And so that seemed like a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, We have enough depressing. So instead, I'm going to talk about this question. If your child were to be boring, stupid, or ugly, which one would you prefer? And then secondarily, does your choice depend on the child's gender hmm I think I'd prefer them to be ugly irrespective of gender because I don't know I I couldn't imagine 
myself being bored. Like I'm trying to think about like applying it to myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I like being at least a little bit smart. <laughs> and I also like being not that boring. And so I could be very content with if I was just like hideously ugly. Like that's not a big deal to me if I still have like the same other personality traits that I have now. So I, I think I think I would go with that. I 100% agree because my thing is this, like boring, ooh, that's painful. Yeah. Like you can be the most attractive person in the world and like if you're boring, like ooh, that's not good. Um, I agree with stupidity. Stupidity is, that's a curse. Um, and ugly, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Right. So first of all, as a parent, I would never even recognize that my child is ugly because my child is like amazing. Right. Because I'm looking at my child with love. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, and there's mediums like this where it really is just the personality. Right. And the intellect. The looks don't even matter. Right. In this day and age, it's like looks aren't everything. They could go on The Voice. <laughs> exactly. They have a face for radio. Face for radio. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, do you think that any of that is gender dependent? No. Oh, not in my opinion, no. I mean, I think if I'm being realistic about societal values, then yeah, there could be some stuff that's gender dependent. But in my personal view, it wouldn't change my decision. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. You get to pick the next question. Okay. While he's doing that, I'll just vamp. Vamp, vamp, vamp. Got it. Oh, that was quick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I had also front-loaded a question. Oh, all right. Go. <laughs> because, again, when I first looked, there was a very serious one, and I'm like, all right, I should be a little more tactical. Okay. So very much a curveball here. Would you accept $20,000 to shave your head and continue your normal activities without a hat or wig until your hair grew back? And then what is the minimum price you'd take for this, if not the $20,000? Oh, like a dollar. Really? Yeah. Like, okay, so first of all, hair has never been, like, that big of a deal. I mean, I have short red hair. Mm -hmm. And, of course, having red hair... People always are like, oh, my gosh, your hair is beautiful. So when your hair becomes like a topic of conversation, um, some people get really into it. I am not some people. I was always like, Ugh. I mean, my my Native American name when we did the unit on like the pilgrims and stuff was mm-hmm. like Red Fox, which I kind of liked until they. It's a cool name, but if you have to explain it, I'm sure it's a bit. <laughs> well, but the kids called me Fireface. Oh, my gosh. Right. Kids are brutal. Right. Anyway, um, so. Like, I feel like I'm not that attached to my hair. Mm-hmm. And then I think about people that have, you know, they're dealing with cancer and chemo and whatever, and they lose their hair. And I'm like, that's an unfortunate um, side effect of chemotherapy. And for a lot of people, that's really traumatizing. Right. And so, you know, I'm like, all right, I would, like, I would do that. Like, if somebody, if a friend said, I've been diagnosed and I'm going to lose my hair, I'd be like, I'm with you. Of course, then they would turn around and probably get like a really cool wig and I'd be walking around with no hair, but whatever. Um, So I don't know that I really, I don't know that I care. Fair enough. I mean, okay, I do not want to have people at me right now telling me like, I'll give you five bucks to shave your head. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to get a lot of Venmo. I know. (laughs) Requests, I think. (laughs) Um, But I'm just saying like, I don't think I need to be paid that much. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. My opinion may change depending on if we're in a mid-COVID or post-COVID world. I think where we are right now, like, sure. I let it it grow crazy long 
when stuff was oh closed, gosh, so okay. why not go the opposite direction? And also because you're cheap and you won't pay for a haircut. Okay, I will. They just don't know how to cut my hair. But that's <laughs> beside the point. But yeah, so I think I think I'm similar to you. I think I don't think it would take a ton. If someone's offering money, I'd try to get the most out of it. But yeah, I mean I'm not You're in that. finance, for goodness I mean, sake. Come on, it's all about the money, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my god. You're funny. We could do like a, a mother son thing. Oh man, that sounds fun. Doesn't it? <laughs> oh well, yeah. I mean it, we are both ordained ministers. Yeah, I still don't have my certificate, so I'm $40 away from being officially ordained, but no, you're I still s- get the email, so I have to imagine that's semi-legit. You're officially ordained. You just don't- Oh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're not- I thought it was contingent not- on the certificate. No. Mm, okay, you just then, yeah. wouldn't pay the money. I, on the other hand, I got the tag. I know. I got, like, the certificate. Like, I got the full meal deal. Which I'm jealous of. Like, now I want to do that. Oh, Christmas gift idea. Get me the whole kit. <laughs> that is brilliant. So, right? um, by the way, like, not even kidding, actually, um, it seemed too good of an offering for people. So, because I am Stacy Connects, officiating weddings just seemed like perfect. Mm-hmm. So, I am um, an ordained uh, life church minister. Will is go. too. Will, of Man. course, did it during his religion class at his Jesuit school. And to my credit, my. My Christian theology teacher is the one that suggested we do it because he himself was ordained to the Universal Life Church. So was it kind of as a joke? Yes. But also, did the professor say we should? Also, yes. So I don't see it as being that sacrilegious or offensive. No. Well, (laughs) and my, like, I won't get, so when you do this, like, of course, they have all this upsell stuff. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, do you want the, like, the parking thing? And do you want the- the wallet card's cool and the tag. Right. But they also have the shawl. and. See, I won't go there because okay. that is like, that to me is like religious garb. Fair. But just think about it this way. If you're marrying people, wouldn't that be like the cool completion to the uniform? No, I'll wear a scarf like um, flight attendants used to. <laughs> I'll be like, now is the time to check your exits. Right. Those, <laughs> there like, to the rear and side and of the yeah. venue. Right. <laughs> Now's the time to get out and jump if you want to. I can also do um, funerals. Oh, less fun, but I guess also good to know. Well, I'm not interested in doing funerals for people because, again, that just seems bad. Mm -hmm. But I could see doing pet funerals. Yeah. I mean, those are always more like of a smaller family kind of size, you know, intimate thing. So, yeah, I could see that being. I may not be as touching as people need because I have this vision of me being like, here lies Fido for the last time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or like. You know, make sure that you say good things about little whiskers or he will roll over in his grave. <laughs> so I may be I feel for like, like a certain. You got to balance it at least. Have some, you know, also read your audience. I think you could definitely finesse it. But yeah, you might need to be careful with some of your normal con- like comments. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the way that you were raised? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty sure we have our dead cat's ashes in our spice cabinet because her name was Ginger. So if that's any indicator, I don't. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> go with me on this, people. So your pet dies. You bring it to the vet or wherever you bring it. And you're like, here you go. And then they're like. With the hand gesture. With, yeah, I did the hand gesture, like so handing weird. it over. Yeah, it was uh, bizarre yeah. when you think about that. That was supposed to be a cat. Yeah. Continue. It was in the case. Anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then they're like, come back in a week. And so then we went back and dad and I were like, all right, when we go in, should we tell them like, hey, we're here to pick up our cat. And when they bring the ashes, should we be like, he came in for a shot. (laughs) So 
yes, twisted humor. Anyway, um, in the end, we ended up getting a little urn of ashes that said ginger. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know where to put it. And we were in the middle of having the backyard redone. And so putting it in the backyard, they were just going to dig it up again. So I put it in the spice cabinet. And so (laughs) ginger is in the spice cabinet where I think of her more often than if I had put her under a tree. Yeah. I see her all the time and I think of her. And there's no way that you're going to think that it's actual ginger. Yeah. I don't think we really cook with ginger anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think think there would ever be a problem, basically. I don't think so either. So, anyway, um, well, that definitely took a curveball. So, right? It was, yeah, that's classic, classic Stacey. Um, So, we're going to start winding things up here. Um, Big news. Holy smokes. Guess who's next week? guest no are you asking me to well i mean well you know yeah um um, right so that was a dumb question i just gave you the answer yeah that's not that's not fun um birthday boy rick riz happy birthday to rick um he is the like the voice of seattle mariner radio go yankees and um he is going to be on the show next week and i am looking forward to this because i know zero about uh baseball so that should be interesting. And um, I am very much looking forward to that. I want to um, I want to thank, as always, everybody for listening. Thanks, Will, for being on the show. You're the first Heller that made it through How the Heller Are You? Wow. Feels good. Yeah, no, it was fun doing this. And it's good having some, you know, permanent proof of some of the stuff that you've been saying. Right? Yeah. I can't decide if... Your um, your visit helped or hindered my reputation as a, a parent in person, but either way, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, of course, to my producer, Eric. You are learning so much about my family. Enjoying it. Oh, good. My, uh, when COVID ends, you'll have to come over for dinner sometime. Um, and then a final thank you to Brenda Morris, okay, um, of course, for sponsoring today's show. Make sure you follow her on her Instagram, which is Brenda Morris Real Estate, for awesome tips and a ton of inspiration. Or again, you can go to her website, which is sellbybrenda.com. Remember, it's sell, B-U-Y, Brenda.com. And thanks so much for listening. Listen next week for Rick Riz. Oh, 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 oh,